The following broadcast by the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. This gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? In this gospel of the kingdom the good shall be spread across the world. Welcome to the Dynamic Kingdom Teaching Ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice. The teaching ministry of Apostle Carson is touching the world through social media, radio, podcasts, internet, and television. We're so glad that you tuned in with us, and we know that you are going to be empowered and transformed by the powerful teachings of the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, as he opens the scriptures and teaches the Bible from its original Jewish context. We hope that after hearing the teaching ministry of Apostle Carson, the Kingdom Voice, you will pray about becoming a partner with Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries and help us preach the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Now please sit back and enjoy the teaching and preaching ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, the Kingdom Voice. DCKM, Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries. I'm going to read Romans 1 and 11 from the complete Jewish Bible. For I long to see you so that I might share with you some spiritual gifts that can make you uh, stronger. Now, in verse 11 in the New King James Version, chapter 1. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. We've been discussing the topic of spiritual gifts on the foundational verses found in Paul's writing to the Roman believers. In particular, in particular uh, we began with the extraordinary exposition of Romans 11 and 29, uh, understanding uh, the text within its context. We began to explore that text principally and how it relate. We, we, we started off looking at it within its context, then we explored it uh, uh, in a broader sense to look at the text principally and how it relates topically to the subject of gifts and calling. Uh, something that we, we must not forget is that everyone has a call on their life, both saved and unsaved. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. And those who say yes to the call of God are considered the elect of God. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are clay toy, are called, but, flu, but few are eclectoi, uh, elected, chosen. So uh, Jesus says, uh, so he teaches us that everyone has a call on their life. However, the elect are the elect because they embrace both the merciful and gracious call of God offered through the cross of Christ who was slain before the foundation of the world. Because everyone does not uh, 
everyone does not receive the call. Thus, callings and elections are based upon the free will choices of humans who have all been offered a call. All have been called. God knew and he knows everyone who would say yes to the call. And then he refers to them uh, as the elect. And that's based upon his foreknowledge, not based upon his choice. God is omniscient and he's omnipresent, which suggests that God uh, always knows, he always experiences anything we think or do, past, present, and future. He was there. He knows. His God never changes his mind about you and I, even though through free will, you can change your mind. I can change my mind about God, but God knows who will and who won't change their mind. But he is not responsible for that choice. You and I are responsible for that choice. Even the Psalter said, it's a fool that says in his heart, there is no God. And the implication is, is that the fool says there is no God because he does not want to be accountable. He does not want to be subject to God. So many atheists and agnostics, agnostics say they believe in God, but they don't believe in him in a very concrete way. There's no way to really know him. So as a result, there's no way to be accountable to him. So same difference. Now, uh, it's important that you understand, though, that these are our choices, not God's choices. God didn't predestine you to hell and, and predestine other folk to heaven. Uh, these were choices you and I made. Now, God would not change his mind about you, uh, nor does he change his mind about your gifts. I want you to know, though, that when God gives you a gift, he does not take it back. So therefore, you can be gifted and lost. You can be gifted, listen, you can be called and lost because the call never makes you stay called. The call is always based upon free moral agency. So when the scripture says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, it's not talking it's talking it's not talking about what you do it's talking about what God will do so when Paul writes therefore the gifts the charisma and the callings the the classes the invitation the summons of God it says it's without regret God doesn't change his his mind our metamelatos is the Greek term without regret the call of God beloved uh on your life, God never changes because he knows everything you're going to do with the call. He, he, he saw every time you were going to mess up, mess up, and he still called you. He still uh, honored your election because you said yes in Christ. So you may say, well, how does God just uh, allow my call to abide when I am inadequate or I make mistakes, or, and sometimes it's not mistakes. I actually jump off the cliff intentionally. God knows all of that. You say, well, how could he know that and then 
be without a, a change of mind about me because the call was a mercy call to begin with. He called us, Paul said in Ephesians 1 and 4, uh, that we were chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. You need to understand your calling in your election is without merit. You did not earn this. This is not something that you deserve. So the call of God is much simpler, simpler than when we uh, than what we make it. And that is because the call of God requires self-denial. And so, and because we don't want to self-deny, we get confused about the call. And so the call is about self-denial and giving priority to the kingdom of God. But the greatest challenge in prioritizing the kingdom <clears throat> is concern uh, about uh, us being concerned about financial and physical well-being. What we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, and where we will live. All of these things. See, these things are the things that <clears throat> our career focuses upon and creates a higher probability of our financial well-being from the natural perspective. We have we have a good career, we a good career choice, we do well, move to the top of our careers, then that improves our financial status and well-being. However, God demands that we trust him and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added to you, Matthew 6 and 33. So God says that if you zeteo, if you go after, make, uh, go after uh, the kingdom, the basileon, the rule of the royal rule and reign of God, uh, if you go after the, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, Basileon to Theu, the kingdom that belongs to God is his kingdom. If you go after it and seek his, uh, Dioko, uh, his righteousness, uh, or right standings, uh, being in right standings with God, he says, all other things will be added to you, what you eat you drink, you wear, and where you live. Now, that's a problem. That's a challenge for a lot of us, see? Depend on God to do that. So this is what I call the clash of purpose. And that's why we have a problem with understanding gifts and calling. What I call the clash of purpose, which is the clash between career and call and gift and talent, uh, which are not uh, the, the one and the same. Careers can lead to financial well-being and callings lead to dependence on God as your source. Careers uh, lead to dependence upon your production as your source. Jesus states in the clash of purpose between career and calling, no man can serve two masters. You hate one and love the other. You're loyal to one and despise the other. Matthew 6 and 24. This is the clash of purpose between callings and careers. Careers aimed at taking care of your personal business and your personal finances in order to be responsible for taking care of yourself and your family. Now, while this is not 
and I want you to hear me by any stretch of the imagination, this is not evil nor irresponsible uh, in order uh, uh, when you are trying to take care of yourself and your family, but it must take a back seat to your calling. See, that's the problem. Uh, God wants you to engage in career and to earn resources to take care of your family. However, he does not want you to idolize your career. God doesn't want us to idolize. So when we start idolizing saying, my call is to be a doctor or is to be a lawyer, to be an engineer. No, that's not your call. That's your career. And that career has to be subjugated to the call. Uh, so unfortunately, we idolize our careers, which uh, is the majority case due to the lack of, of focus in our spiritual lives that helps us to embrace our call. Now, the call, on the other hand, involves you taking care of the father's business, which is bringing people back into a restored relationship with Christ through the cross and the crown. The cross is where men die. The crown is where men live. We establish that God has called you to bring others to the crown by way of the cross. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We've been called to make disciples of every nation. Thus, we have uh, once again, the call of reconciliation, that of restoring fallen relationships, fallen humanity back to God, which requires spiritual warfare because all of humanity is under the dominion of Satan and are both blind and bound. Second Corinthians 4 and 4 says that we're blind. Uh, Romans 6 and 14 lets us know that we are bound. The scripture teaches that spiritual engagement is to be both tactical and strategic, which involves God's sin, which involves God sending us to the harvest as evidence in the call of Paul in Acts 26 and 20, uh, Acts 26, 17 and 18, uh, who uh, Paul was sent to the Gentile world, not excluding the Jews. He also had to minister to them, but he was sent with the express purpose of opening their eyes, which suggests people are blind to their condition, but when they can see, then they can turn from darkness to light. This suggests that they will then be given a choice. Two, that they would turn from the power of Satan, uh, who is the adversary of God, to the power of God. And three, they would receive the forgiveness of sin. And four, they would find their place uh, among those who are being set aside for sacred usage. Um, and they would continue to trust God in these endeavors. Now, this is not, by no stretch of the imagination is it this an easy task. This is spiritual warfare at the highest level, helping someone embrace their election. We must remember that both uh, blind and bound people are under Satan's control, and he has control over their mind, and he has them consumed with their money. Jesus stated that you cannot take the possessions of a strong man 
unless you first bind the strong man. Then you can take uh, possession of his goods, Matthew 12 and 29. When it comes to you and I being effective in the call, it requires uh, what we may, uh, uh, what, what, what I suggest is uh, to make a double impact. So if we're going to be effective in the call, we've got to make a double impact. Now, what do you mean a double impact? That means then we know the call is to restore people back to God, is evangelism at its best, okay, to create converts for the kingdom. Well, double impact is you. in order for that to take place, uh, you've got to make an impact on the devil or the enemy, and you've got to make an impact on the person. So you, we must bind the strong man. Uh, are you hearing me now? We must bind the strong man, but free the person. So we got to make double impact. We've got to be able to bind the grip of Satan in their life, but at the same time, our gospel has to be persuasive and eye-opening to the person. So you've got to be, uh, you have to have, it's a single-minded focus, but there's two things you got to be looking at when you're trying to bring somebody to God. You're looking at the stronghold of the enemy, and you're also looking at the election of the person. So as you can tell, this is a daunting experience that involves you got to have the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1 and 8. You got to have per a personal testimony uh, of deliverance, how God did it to you. That touches the person. When you, that lets them know that deliverance is possible. The power of God can change and transform a person. I don't have to just think about a biblical Jesus uh, the Jesus of antiquity. I don't have to think about an ancient, uh, ancient Jesus. I can know and believe that the Jesus of the Bible is still the Jesus of today. And if you want to know uh, for sure how he's doing miracles, look what he's done in my life. And thus, uh, John writes in Revelation, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives even unto death. And so therefore then, when you look at that, the power of the Holy Spirit helps you with Satan. The power of your witness helps you with the individual, and spiritual gifts can assist you in being more effective in your kingdom call. It gives you spiritual abilities to reach the person in a very supernatural way where they understand that they are encountering God. This is why Paul makes the statement, I long to see the saints in Rome, in Romans 1, where he says, I've heard you've been faithful witnesses, but I want to come so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Paul knows that spiritual gifts are not organic but are imparted. He allows uh, uh, us to understand the nature and the purpose of spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 1, in that one uh, or those two verses 11 and 12, powerful verses. He implies uh, that there is the necessity of physical contact as a means of imparting spiritual gifts, which means 
He's going to put it in you. It's not already in you. So you couldn't grow up with it. Don't, I've always known that I had this gift. Well, that's a lying gift. That's not a gift because gifts are not innate like that. He states in verse 10, for I desire to come to you uh, to physically to see Edan place my eyes on you. Uh, uh, if God's will, if he'll let me come. Um, thus, he suggests that physical presence is involved in uh, imparting spiritual gifts, uh, which suggests that you have there is a chemistry between the leader and the layman in order to get gifts. He does, and he says too, he desires to impart personally some spiritual gift. Thus, spiritual gifts are imparted; they're not implanted with everyone. So. He said, I want to meta-diddle uh, me. I want to give it to you. I, I want to share this with you. I want to share it. Uh, I want to impart it. Now, uh, Paul uh, lets us know that the text also implies that there are diversities of spiritual gifts. Uh, and so there's not just one, but there are custom-made gifts that cater to you and for that uh, these gifts will make you effective in your calling. And thus he says, they will cause you to stand, fix you firmly. They will establish you. Spiritual gifts are designed to help you stand strong in your battle against principalities and power. Paul states also that the impartation of spiritual gifts uh, brings mutual encouragement. Soon, parakaleo, it encourages both the fivefold ministry and the person who's getting the gift. And so, uh, spiritual gifts are extremely important for Paul. He states that spiritual gifts uh, encourages faith uh, in both the giver and the receiver. Spiritual gifts make you effective in the call, but if you do not understand nor prioritize the call, then the gifts are not enacted. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash radio. If you would like to know more about the kingdom and your faith, we invite you to enroll in the Kingdom Bible University. Check this out. Studying the Bible can be challenging if you don't understand what you're reading. The Ethiopian eunuch admitted that he couldn't understand except someone teach him. As kingdom citizens, we are called to live out God's word in every moment of our lives. But we must understand the word in order to do that. The Kingdom Bible University was created to help believers learn God's word on a practical level and teach you how to live it out in your daily life. KBU desires to help you achieve the kingdom knowledge and empowerment of the Bible that helps you enhance your spiritual life to maximize your potential. Find out more information about KBU by visiting our website, www.kingdombibleuniversity.com. Understand the Bible like never before and experience the power that is within to change your life for God's glory. Learn more about KBU today. Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Please repeat this prayer after me. 
Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now, acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you said this prayer, we celebrate with you. And we invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at therockwoi.com and click on join online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life and send you a free copy of Dr. Carson's book, My New Life in the Kingdom. We look forward to connecting with you. Have you ever desired to be a part of making history and accomplishing great things? Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries is making history and through DCKM Partners, we are accomplishing significant ministry opportunities for the kingdom of God. DCKM Ministry spreads the gospel of the kingdom around the world through broadcasts like this. And if you would like to be a part of Touching Lives, partner with DCKM today. Testimonies come in daily of how lives are transformed through the power of the word. When you partner with DCKM, you help receive breakthroughs, miracles, and the transformational word of God. Would you consider becoming a partner? Your monthly love gift and weekly prayers really can make a huge difference. No amount is too small. Visit drdanacarson.org to find out more information on how to become a partner. And we look forward to the impact you can make around the world. That concludes today's broadcast. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson. Until next time, may the kingdom of God rule and reign in your hearts and minds. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries.